This is Jess with Totally Gen X, and for today's episode, I have a very special guest. Some might call her a frenemy, as she was back in sixth grade, but thanks to the magic of Facebook, we reconnected, and she's one of my favorite people. So everyone say hello to Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep my laughter at a minimum. <laughs> No, I mean, gosh, it's been so long, and um, and this is like we haven't even talked on the phone since grade. So how appropriate is it for us to have our first conversation is, for the world? This is so Gen X of us, isn't it? It really is so Gen X. It's almost like we, uh, you know, like broke a. Uh, uh, yeah, it's almost like we uh, pulled a muscle in our finger dialing up on the Swatch Watch phone. Yes. All oh right. God. So let's great. catch up. Um, yes. So for those listening, Stacy and I um, <laughs> went to sixth grade together, but then she moved away. And so yes. today I'm going to walk down memory lane with Stacy awesome. by learning about um, the soundtrack of her life. <laughs> so Stacy, why don't you start by telling me about where you moved and, and where you went to school in high school? Yeah. So I actually, in preparation for this, I did kind of a little bit of tallying and this absolutely relates to these songs that I am going to tell you about in a minute. So I was a little bit nomadic. I, um, my parents, like a typical Gen Xer, my parents got divorced when I was very, very young. We lived with my grandparents through those childhood years. My grandfather retired. They moved away. My mom remarried. And that's eventually what took me away from Maryland. Um, so shortly after, the, after we finished that sixth grade year, my um, soon-to-be stepdad got transferred to an Air Force base in Omaha, Nebraska. And that's why we moved away. So that's where I went to. And we were in Omaha, Nebraska through my middle school years. My high school year, so I went to Bellevue East High School in a Bellevue, which is a, a southern suburb of Omaha. And then the summer between my junior and senior year of high school, we actually moved again. <laughs> so I didn't oh, wow. even, I know. So we didn't even get to stay there for my senior year of high school. And then he got transferred to West Texas to a town called San Angelo. And I'd never heard of it. There are tumbleweeds there. It's very exciting. And we moved there in July. So that was, oh. a, that was a kind of heat I had never experienced in my life. It feels like sticking your head in an oven. Not that you would ever do that, but that's, wow. what, that's what the heat feels like. So really, I, I think I added it up in the first 18 years of my life. I went so that over the course of like 12 years from fourth grade to my junior year of college, I was in 10 different schools in seven permanent residences, two college dorms. And so like I was kind of all over the place. So that's why I was only there for one year in sixth grade. <laughs> wow. I know. I, I had no idea. That's incredible. So um, for so Omaha is a lot different. I, I'm yes. actually, I can only say that I've driven through Omaha when I drove cross country once. Um, so <laughs> I haven't spent a lot of time there. But what, what was the biggest difference between... Um, I guess, tweens, teens in, in the D.C. metro area where we yeah. went to school together and um, Omaha area. So I actually have a sort of funny story to tell about that. So shortly after I arrived in Omaha, 
one of the first things I remember telling my classmates was I was like, why don't we get off for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? And they were like, are you Jewish? And I said, no, why does that matter? Because one, and that answers your question. So the answer to your question is one of the biggest differences is growing up, especially as like a little kid in the DC metro area, there's an incredibly diverse population there, as you remember. And when I was in elementary school, I had friends who were from Afghanistan, from, you know, South Korea, from South Africa, from Iran, from Pakistan. And not only did I have friends from all over the world, but they were actually, their parents had brought them to the United States. So they were first generation to be in this country. And I grew up with that being very normal. And so not only did it expose me to all of those different cultures, but also all of those different religious practices. So for me, it was now I admit that as a middle schooler, I was extremely selfish and wanting just time off from school. But the bigger picture as an adult is that it shaped my thinking around just expecting that these other cultures and other religions that were not of my own were perfectly normal to be around. So the biggest difference moving from the kind of international community that is the DC area into the Midwest is you really lose that international perspective. And it becomes in many ways a lot more homogenized. And I know that a lot of my Midwestern friends would completely agree with me on this. That, But, you know, moving to the Midwest, I also then became exposed to Mormons. I had never met, to my knowledge, I had never met Mormons before in my life. And I suddenly had a lot of friends who didn't drink soft drinks. And so that was a whole new experience for me especially as a middle schooler or teenager. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I, I imagine that would be a big difference. And then when you moved to Texas, I, um, so I, I don't know if you know this, but I actually lived in Texas before I moved yeah. um, to sixth grade. So, but it was Austin. So probably a little bit different than where you were, but um, tell me about senior year there. Was it like Friday night uh. lights? <laughs> right. <laughs> so absolutely. I had no idea what football meant. Although I do like to razz my Texas friends and talk to them about the football culture in Maryland. And the way that I do that is I say, hey, guys, I get it. Football is a religion here. But look at the size of the state of Maryland. How many professional football teams do they have Two. Now let's look mm-hmm. at the size of the state of Texas and how many professional football teams do they have here Two. So that just tells you <laughs> in Maryland, they do football and crabs they do football and seafood that's what they do in Maryland so yes it was absolutely you know the football culture shock but I will tell you so I I had conflicted feelings about it on the one hand of course I was sad to leave my friends because there was actually kind of a sense of stability in Nebraska that I had not really had because I moved around so much I, I had different schools in the fourth grade fifth grade sixth grade and seventh grade So to be able to then finally have stability from seventh grade through junior year of high school was a big deal. Again, looking back on it now as a 40 something, I'm like, that's such a small number of years of my life. But at the time, and you're, you're the mother of of a child who's about this age, that's a huge percentage of your life to have that change going on. So to have that stability was amazing to be able to be with the same group of kids from, you know, junior high, middle school through most of high school. That was definitely a loss that I didn't get to have that senior year experience with them. But I will tell you, I was so tired of the snow. I was so tired of the Midwest weather. I was just so tired of the cornfields. When my husband and I drove, we did a big road trip this summer and we drove back through there as part of our road trip. And I visited my high school. I was like, look, here's Nebraska. There's corn. And then there's more, there's more corn and there's more corn. 
and that's what they do and there's football <laughs> but there's that's what there is in the rap so I was I mean I, I have so much love and I'm very much in contact with all of my high school middle school friends but I wasn't sad to be leaving the environment so my senior year in Texas I of course I did get a couple of friends and I found a boyfriend who absolutely was the love of my life and I absolutely was going to marry him and be with him forever. So I had a couple of those like key milestone moments in my life, but it was kind of a throwaway year, honestly. And again, I feel like this is so Gen X of me. I feel like, you know, I've read all these cool articles that like from Forbes magazine that talk about Gen Xers being these middle children in terms of their, their generation that were sort of sandwiched between the boomers and, and the millennials. And so in so many ways, we're kind of these forgotten children. And I feel like we've had to just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps in so many ways. And I feel like I've had a lot of these key experiences and that senior year experience was no different. It was like, ah, okay, well, I lost out on my senior year experiences, but I'm still in contact with those people. And it's, I still feel very close to them. And at least I got out of that horrible snow and having to unplug the car battery in the winter times that wouldn't freeze. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> I don't miss that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it sounds like you checked a lot of the boxes as far as like, if you were reading 17 magazine and it said like the top five things you need to do <laughs> yes. in your year, you, you accomplished those. Um, yes. So, yes. So, um, and then how would you describe your style in high school and then in college? Because obviously the early nineties um, fashion and fads were very different than later in the nineties. Can you share a little bit about your personal style? I, yes. So I would say that my personal style was very mainstream preppy teenager. I never got into the grunge phase. I didn't understand black dyed hair or black dyed makeup that was just not my personal style so I wore a lot of bright solid colors I remember being particularly proud of this pair of stonewashed jeans you know what I'm talking about I know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) that had the high waist and I remember walking through school and I felt like I don't know I was a scene out of like a John Hughes movie where I was wearing my stonewashed jeans and I had this they were high-waisted, of course, but then they also had, like, this part at the top that would fold down. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, over oh, the, the belt Z-Fabricis. loop? Yes! Oh, the Z-Fabricis. Oh, yeah. totally what I had. And then I had this bright red belt, which made me feel super fashionable. I had a t-shirt tucked in, of course, and I had the bottom, like, French roll. So, anyway, the point is I was every cliched fashion, <laughs> like, cheesy fashion trend for a teenager typical American kid preppy style that was my style hair in a ponytail I tried the feather bangs so man I put so much of my emotional life (laughs) into feathering my bangs (laughs) and I just could not make it happen and it made me feel like a little bit of a failure so I just I permed my hair and moved on with life (laughs) see and I kind of wish those bangs would come back because I can't do beach waves to save my life but if the cobra came back in I could totally I can't do beach ways either it just looks like I stuck my finger in an electrical socket and got electrocuted (laughs) so it doesn't work for me but yeah I'm right there with you so (laughs) talk about your extracurricular activities and did you play sports like what what were you into after school so I'm the least athletic person I've ever met. And what's really hilarious about that is a few years ago, I don't know if this speaks to middle age or what, but I found out that I have a tear in the cartilage of my hip. And 
my um, orthopedic surgeon said, yeah, we usually see this in extreme sports people. And I'm like, great. <laughs> my extreme sport <laughs> is sitting on the couch in my yoga pants, drinking wine. So, so I was not involved in sports in um, middle school or high school or college. But one thing that did really connect with me, first of all, in middle school, I was very much involved in choir. And I love that because music has been a very big part of my life. But then once I got to high school and it was kind of a a weird thing that happened because I was in a junior high. And so they had seven, eight and nine grades, seven, eight, nine. Then the year I became a ninth grader, they robbed us of our opportunity to be the big fish in a small pond. And they moved the ninth grade up to the high school campus. So then the high school was, was nine through 12. Yeah. So um, once I got to high school, that was very intimidating, obviously. And you want to immediately find your tribe as quickly as possible when you're a very small fish in a very big pond. So the tribe that I found was something I'd never done before, which was drill team. And then eventually I got involved in color guard, which was a serious deal in the Midwest. And no one in Texas believes me because in Texas, being a cheerleader is a big deal. And I'm like, it was a big deal there too. But being in drill team and color guard was a bigger deal. And they think I'm just trying to make up for something. But I'm like, no, I swear. It really was a big deal. So that was a huge part of my life. And I really loved it. I was involved in drill team all four years, well, three years, I should say, because I moved to my fourth year, all three years of high school. I was also, because it was a military town, I was involved in ROTC and they did a lot of competition. So I was involved with that. And that's where I kind of found my tribe in those two groups. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, That that's, it's so interesting to hear what's um, what the big activities are around the country. Right. In some States, you know, lacrosse on the East coast is huge, but it's just starting to get really popular on the West coast, you know, in the last several years where lacrosse has been everything on the East coast. Right. Um, And then, and as we get ready to go through your um, your five songs of your soundtrack, which I will intro <clears throat> each one as we do that. Um, yes. First, I want to know before we go into that, what was your first concert in high school? <laughs> so my first concert is one of my stories with my song. And my first concert was not in high school because I had a super restrictive military stepdad who would and I feel completely robbed of my opportunity I really wanted to go see Bon Jovi who came Mm. to Omaha and they like filmed the video one of their like top songs at the time they filmed in Omaha at that concert I could have been there oh my god I tried to convince him to go to let me go he wouldn't let me go I'm completely fine I'm over it now but it was, I didn't go to any concerts in high school. I did not go to a single concert until college. And my very first concert was a Dave Matthews concert. Okay. We will get to that song because I know that's one of yours. So yes. let's dive right in. Song number one, you have More Than Words yeah. by Extreme. So tell me about why that's <laughs> one of your five. So at that time, as I know you remember, the whole thing about, um, you know, video killed the radio star so music videos were such a serious thing. And, and so that video, so first of all, and I was kind of thinking about like, I do have stories associated with each of these songs, but I also have kind of this overarching theme and just how it, the overarching thing is how each song just made me feel at that time in my life and how it helps me kind of cope with the things that were going on. So as I mentioned, our class was moved. This song came out like in 1990. So that was the very end of my junior high, like beginning of my freshman year of high school. 
And we were moved from the junior high campus, the ninth graders were, to the high school campus. So there was a time of big transition. And I remember sitting in, in my friend's living room and watching that video. And it was so stark to me. It was in black and white. And, it, and at that time in the 90s, like, it's a miracle that we all didn't come out with massive ADHD because there was so much, like, visual overstimulation in all of the music videos that were happening at that time. So this very simple black and white video of these dudes that were, were they shirtless? Were they like, I don't know why they didn't have sleeves on their shirts, but whatever. They were bearing a lot of skin and they were just strumming their guitars and playing the song. That was very visually interesting to me. But then also I'm a sucker for lyrics. I always have been. I have a science degree, but I'm actually an English minor. So the lyrics of these songs, when you re- like read through them, it's just essentially about not really having the words to un- describe how you feel. And at that time of transition in my life, I didn't really have the words to describe because, again, we were robbed of this opportunity to be these big kids on this junior high campus. And suddenly we were thrown in with all the big kids on the high school campus. And it left all of us feeling a little bit like we were kind of floating. We weren't really sure where our place was. Again, like I said earlier, we had to kind of find our tribe and the specific story I have associated with it. So any opportunity we had to sing the song, whenever it would come on, you know, you turn the volume all the way up and everybody had to sing it. So I was on my way to a, I think it was a color guard practice one day with a friend of mine who played the trumpet and the marching bands. So we would ride to practice together. And I was playing this song. The song came on. So of course I turned it all the way up because I was just feeling it. And, and as like a, you know, 14, 15 year old, I didn't really know what the lyrics meant at that time. I just knew that I really liked <laughs> the song because you don't know anything about life at that point. But anyway, so I turned it all the way up and I started just belting it out at the top of my lungs. And he stopped me. He said, hey, who sings this? song and I said oh it's it's extreme and he said well why don't you just let him keep singing it and I'm like okay I got it thanks that's great so so that just that's the story I have with this song but the song had bigger meaning for me trying to find my place in that transition from junior high to high school and still to this day it is a song that I turn all the way up and sing and I don't care what anybody says I will sing it anyway of course well I mean it's it's like it's almost like some of the songs that we grew up with, I feel like are embedded in our brains and can take us back to yeah, th- totally. that moment and those emotions. Yeah. So, all right. Song number two, you have um, Satellite by yes. Dave Matthews Band. Um, that would actually be one of mine. It was it was funny as I saw your list. Oh, yeah. I um, thought of a, a few that would be on my list too. So tell me the story behind Satellite. Okay, and these this is a little bit out of, so I, I listed the songs for you in chronological order when they were released, because that's just the kind of nerd that I am. But the story behind the song, I had sometimes in some cases kind of a delayed reaction to songs. So this story is one of those. So it came out in 1993, which is when I was still in high school, but it really, and by the way, I want to say that no Gen Xers, like top five songs, I think is complete without a Dave Matthews song. I'm just going to say that. Um, and so, I agree. I agree. So, <laughs> this song came out when I was still in high school, but it didn't really land with me then because I think at that time, the big song that was on the charts was Ants Marching and like everybody knows that song from Dave. This song didn't really hit me until I was in college. So again, I'm a sucker for lyrics. The lyrics behind the song are, are, this is my interpretation of it. And my, my music expert husband has some, you know, different ideas about this, but I was explaining this to him 
the other night that really it's all about, in my opinion, you know, what is the job of a satellite? So a satellite orbits a big celestial body and its whole job is to reflect signals. So signals come off, you know, or hits the satellite and satellite reflects them back in some way. And this song really landed with me when I was in my college years when that I feel like that's all that college is about. Like you're still trying to figure out who you are. I kind of lovingly call college students and I work on a college campus and I still see this. You really are trying to figure out who you are. And I lovingly call them teenagers without supervision because they really are and they are trying to figure out their place in this world. And you feel I felt in college like I was kind of orbiting the celestial body, which was reality and real life. Mm. And I'm trying to figure out like where I landed with that. And all I'm still doing at that point is just reflecting signals that the signals that are thrown to me, I'm kind of reflecting back. But I, I didn't at that point in my life feel truly grounded. So it really hit me on a deep level. But the specific story I have to that is my very first concert. I attended in college. So at that time I had a man friend and um, it was his birthday. So I think I selfishly wanted to do something for him, but I also wanted to do something for me because I had never had a chance to go to a concert. So Dave was coming to the Austin area to a lovely concert venue that at the time was called South Park Meadows. Now it's a mall. It's like a strip mall, but it used to be this really big field, open field with a stage on one end of it and it was just big like general admission so I was so excited and that was back when concert tickets were these actual paper things you had to hold and not like something you scan on your phone like you do now and the craziest part about it is I am the biggest live music fan so I'm absolutely living in the right part of the country and the friends who know me really well now would be shocked to find out that my very first concert was when I was like 22 so this was toward the end of my college time they came to town got the tickets there's like 10 of thousands of people there I'm loving it they just get to the point where they're finally playing the song I've been waiting for satellite and in this crowd of tens of thousands of people so I'm there with my man friend and I spot somebody that I recognize and the person that I spot is Andre Clark who at the time was a very good friend of mine so I haven't I should have started with the story so my husband we've been married to each other for six years a little over six years But we've known each other for over 20 years and we met in college. We did not go to that concert together. We went with separate people, but I saw him and I said, oh my God, there's Andre. And my man friend wasn't terribly interested in going, but I was like, I'm going to go say hi. So I ran up to him. And again, this is a general admission concert. This is not a concert where you have seats and like sections. It's just like a big mosh pit of people. So it's that song that starts playing the song that, that really I felt encapsulated how I felt as this young adult trying to find my place in the world. And there I spot this friend of mine Andre Clark and I ran up to him and I'm like oh my god hi and he's like hi <laughs> and and then that story came into play later I'd be like do you remember when I found you at the concert and he said yeah I totally remember so that's the memory I have associated with that song and it's a really cool memory <laughs> I I love that and I'm sure when you hear that song you think of running into him at that totally concert. absolutely that's awesome all right, yeah. so song number three is another one that would be on my list, too. Ah, um, yes. Well, maybe not the song, but the artist would be. Yes. So um, it's Stay by Lisa Loeb. So um, share the story behind that. So I'm sure that, like many Gen Xers, you also remember the movie Reality Bites. Oh, yes. Which this song was on that soundtrack. 
And I felt like that movie, so cheesily, a lot of my musical taste is absolutely influenced by TV and movies. I'm not going to pretend that there's some, you know, more, um, you know, intellectual place to that. It's It absolutely is influenced by TV and movies. So watching that movie, which I felt really kind of told the story of many Gen Xers, where we get this college education, which was pushed so hard on all of us. And then we got get out into the real world and we're like, great, what do I do with this? I don't know. And you still wind up, I mean, and get, don't get me wrong. Millennials have a very challenging um, uh, work life that they have to face right now and the career market for them, but it wasn't exactly peaches and cream for Gen Xers either. And very much this, this sort of picturesque idea of going to college and what it would look like as soon as you graduated was pushed on us. And then we got out into reality and we realized it kind of wasn't perfect so reality kind of you know bites in that way yeah and so that's where I was first introduced to this song I of course like my other songs fell in love with the video with the visual which was filmed in Ethan Hawke's apartment and I'm such a nerd I had to like research that and find or I I think I probably saw it on pop-up video but again I'm a sucker for the lyrics so it was also the lyrics that really drew me in and the story to this is not a specific moment it's more kind of a general thing I was going through at the time and and this is a little bit personal and I'm very happy to talk about it because I think that we all should talk about these things that I had again like a a typical Gen X era my parents divorced very young then my mom got remarried to someone I had a very tumultuous relationship with that stepdad and then they got divorced and there's been really no contact since then so if you look at the lyrics of the song stay it really is about this unrequited love and of course a lot of people think about it in conjunction with a romantic love but for me at that time sure of course it applied to romantic love but it also kind of applied to other kinds of love this familial love where i felt like i didn't have this connection that i really needed to again help me feel grounded so that just encouraged me to feel like this satellite feeling like I'm just orbiting reality and I'm not really attached to it. I didn't have this strong father figure in my life to help me feel grounded. I then of course had struggled with romantic relationships and beyond that, my family is not a big one. It's a small family and we're scattered all over the country. I still have relatives in DC. I have relatives in Florida. I have relatives in Georgia and we've just never been like one of those big families that gathered at holidays and you know, everybody's in the same room and they're really loud and there's a football game on TV and somebody's napping in the corner. You know, we never had that. And so this song stay, even though it certainly has a surface meaning for a lot of people that unrequited romantic love for me, it, it felt like it was more about my whole life at the time, especially Mm -hmm. during those college years when I'm struggling to feel connected to anyone. Yeah. And it's like looking, it almost sounds like you were looking behind you, but also ahead of you and totally like you were in either place. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, yeah, yeah, no, I can totally see that. Um, all right, so song number four is Good Riddance Time by Green Day. Yes. Um, so let's let's talk about that one there. I I had their tape and I listened <laughs> to it a lot. And I yes. had their CD. It was one of the ones that I crossed over to CDE with. So yeah. let's talk about Green yeah. Day. <laughs> so th- this was one of those bands that I actually have a delayed reaction to because at the time that this song came out, um, I did feel a strong connection to it 
cheesily because I was a big fan of ER. And there was an episode of ER where there was a young kid who was, do you remember this? Or a young kid was dying of cancer. And there was a, like a, a PA, a physician's assistant who was helping him and he, he died and she sang this song at his funeral. So that was probably, again, I'm not trying to make myself sound deeper than I actually am. That was my first introduction to the song. But believe it or not, my deeper connection to Green Day um, it was a few years later after the song came out during 9-11. So mm. 9-11 happened and then Green Day came out with another very politically charged album. And those songs really, for better or for worse, resonated with me with all of the conflicted feelings that were happening at that time. But then it made me remember this song, Time of Your Life, and how this song came out at the at, toward the end of my college years. And again, sucker for lyrics. The lyrics are talking about, you know, just really taking a moment to focus on where you are. And, and I feel like when you get to the end of college, you're standing on the cliff of life. <laughs> and, you are. And, yeah. and, and it's like, okay, let's hope that you have that parachute attached to you correctly. And you've got all the buckles like tight and you've got everything snapped in because you got to jump off that cliff after you leave college. So that to me, what this, that's what the song was all about. And I remember specifically hearing it at like the day that I graduated before I walked the stage, somebody was blasting this on their car radio. And I literally stopped in my cap and gown and just cried because that's exactly how I felt, even though I had cheesily been introduced to it through ER. But the fact that, that I heard it playing in this, this parking lot just elicited this totally emotional meltdown from me because, again, I'm a sucker for these good lyrics. But... Well, it's like a closure song, but it's almost totally. like it's, but it's, yeah, it's at the precipice of something. Because I remember the song st- sticks out to me because I did the Walt Disney World college program yeah. the summer of 98. And I remember we were playing it all summer and it was a song, but then the last everybody was getting ready to go back to their colleges all over the world because it was a global internship right. program. Um, it played and it like I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about that those last few days yep. and playing it over and it was on the radio like you said everywhere and people were playing yep. it and it was almost like you didn't want it to end but yep. you knew you it had to and yes, you had right. to go back to to reality and so it sounds like for you you knew you were going into reality and um, totally yeah so um, I, I love that song for I think some of the same reasons you do yeah. which again is incredible because let me remind everyone listening, <laughs> Stacy and I, while we connected on Facebook, reconnected on Facebook several years ago, we have not actually talked on the phone. Well, I don't think we've ever talked on the phone. Because, no. Um, in sixth grade, <laughs> Stacy um, Stacey and I didn't talk on the phone in sixth grade because I think we were friends for like three days of the 150 <laughs> of that year. But, um, but it sounds like we lived a lot of parallels in our lives. So I think that's so cool. All right, so Stacey, can we talk about song number five? <laughs> yes. Because I was like, so I was going through your picks that, that you sent into, and I'm preparing for the show. Right. And, you know, as, as I've said, as I've gone through all these songs, I'm like, yeah, that's, that would be in my five too, I think. That would right. be really hard not to include. But this last one, I'm sure it's Bop by <laughs> Hanson. What's going on with that? Well, let me um, prepare you to blow your mind. So, uh, oh, so I'll boy. start with, there is a very specific multi-year story 
to this song. This song probably has the most specific story of all the songs. So first of all, let me just back up and say musically, because again, I'm married to musicians. So I, and I really love music. And that's what, you know, one of the many ways we connected. And I'm gonna come back to that in a second. But if you really read the lyrics of the song, so it sounds on the surface like this cheesy gumball <laughs> popping song, because it is, it's this very cheesy, goofy lyrics. The video is goofy and silly. But if you read the lyrics, the lyrics are actually kind of deep. And they're, it's really about appreciating. I'm serious. If you read, I mean, other than the Bob do, do Bob, other than the chorus line, if you read the actual lines in between that, it's fairly deep. So here's the story behind that. So, you know, I'm a sucker for a good, like, cheesy, goofy, um, no deep intellectual thought um, soundtrack also. So I did like the song when it first came out. And this came out, you know, again, toward the end of my college years. <laughs> Here's the really good story. So it relates to how my husband and I met. So I was a college student on, on Texas State campus at that time. It was called Southwest Texas State in San Marcos. I'm walking through campus one day and there's a sign for the Lutheran student, you know, gathering ministry. And, and specifically what it said on that sign is that they'll feed you on Sunday nights. And I'm like, great, because I, I like Jesus, but I'm also a hungry college student. So I showed up in one of their Sunday night gatherings, they fed me, and then they also offered a ride to one of the local Lutheran churches, and there were only two in that small town, so I randomly picked one and got a ride to that church, and after going through the church service, I thought, you know, I really like listening to the choir, and I remember being in church choir as a kid, so I think maybe I'd want to join again as like an activity to do outside of school, so I introduced myself to the pastor and I said, I think I'd like to, to join your choir. And he said, great, let me introduce you to our choir director, Andre Clark. And mm. Andre Clark was a student at Texas State at the time, but he was also, this was a common job that college students would have, music students would have, is they would direct a, a church choir and they would also have several of their friends as essentially ringers in the choir. Just FYI, for those of you who are in church choirs, who knew? college ringers in the choir. So I, so I introduced myself to him and I said, oh, I'm like 19, you know, and I'm like, I think I'd like to join your choir, but do I have to audition? He said, yes, you absolutely have to audition. And I think all the color drained from my face. And he said, I'm kidding. You don't have to audition. And I said, okay, but I live on campus and I don't have a car. He's like, it's okay. So I'll, I'll drive you. So he came every Wednesday night and Sunday morning and picked me up and drove me to church to choir practice. So because he was my ride, I had no choice but to hang out with him and his friends. So during that time, his and my relationship, I think, can be very closely, uh, a close analogy would be uh, Cher and Josh from Clueless, where mm -hmm. he was like, he was a few years older than me, and he was this like emo college guy, and he and I literally would be like, wah, 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 look at all the music he listened to. He liked a lot of Radiohead, he liked a lot of Music that I actually love, by the way, I love Radiohead. But at the time, when I'm like 19, 20, that was not my musical aesthetic. So he listened to this very deep emo music. So I remember one day, fast forward several years later, we'd been friends for a long time. I'm watching the TV show House, <laughs> which I loved because it had a very snarky doctor on it. And in, I forget what season, one of those episodes, um, he had made the ringtone for his interns 
Mbop by Hanson. And it was so hilarious the way that they're just, he's like in a car with someone and suddenly his phone starts singing Mbop by Hanson. And it's hysterical because he's the serious guy, serious doctor with a serious job. And these, and he's made it this ringtone for his interns to call him and talk about emergency cases from patients. And it struck me as so hysterical in that moment I stopped everything I was doing and immediately made my ringtone. Andre and I were friends at that, this time. This was long before we, we got married. And I immediately made his ringtone, Mbop. And the reason I did it was I said that we would send out happy musical chi out into the universe <laughs> to offset all of the sad musical chi from all of the sad emo music that he listened to all the time. And that remained his ringtone until really just a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So I that is my story. Yes. I understand why it's the song now. Um, that is my never, story. Yes. All right. So um, we're gonna we're gonna end the show with a rapid fire. Okay. Um, some rapid fire questions, and you can't say the answer can't be both. So I'm going to. Okay. So you just have to choose one or the other. Okay. okay? Ready? Yep. Um, flannel shirt or sweater vest. A flannel shirt and there's a story there but go ahead okay uh tube top or steve madden <gasps> steve madden scrunchies or bandana scrunchie keds or tree torns keds bubble skirt or belted tunic <gasps> belted tunic curling iron or crimper curling iron for sure okay and then this is probably the most controversial question on the show but Rave or Aquanet? Aquanet. All nice. the way. <laughs> all the way. Without question. No hesitation. <laughs> Can I just tell you my really quick sweater vest story that I have banned sweater vests in my office? Because Andre used to wear sweater vests all the time when we were in college. And I said, honey, nobody looks good in a sweater vest. They're hideous. So now he hides them in the top of the closet. And one year, for because he directs choir at a high school level, one year he made a video that it felt like they did a video before the choir concert and they showed it and I was there and I didn't know what they had videoed. He had snuck one of his sweater vests out of the top <laughs> of our closet and he had worn it for this video and he was cackling the whole time. And I turned and looked at him. There's this whole audience there because he knows that I am religiously opposed to sweater vests. So there we go. See, and you said you were more preppy than your <laughs> Britches, then they're the best. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Stacey, for being a guest. And um, thank you all for listening to Totally Gen X.